so we're going to start in verse 1, chapter 1, verse 1 uh, of Joshua. And it says this, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all of the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Now, for many of us, we've heard this passage. Maybe if you've been in church very long, this is a very well-known passage of Scripture. Um, But what I want to hit on is a few things because we've been talking about process. We've been talking about this development thing that happens in our lives as we say yes to Christ and he begins to develop us and we want something, you know, to we begin to pursue God and we begin to want something from God and and begin to fulfill our, our purpose that this is what happens, is that God begins to take you through this process. But what I want you to understand is that God does not put you in process to keep you there. God puts you in process to develop what needs to be in you for your purpose. And this is what happens is we see the story of Joshua, and Joshua was coming out of process, and he's stepping into purpose. He's stepping in to this promise that God has for him. But as I was beginning to, to think about this, I, I couldn't help but think of transition from process to to promise, that if you really think it through life, that everything that comes with transition comes with a contingency. Everything, when you think about when you're transitioning from singlehood to being married, there's a contingency. When you you buy one car or you sell one car and you buy another car, there's a contingency. When you transition from one house to another, there's contingencies. in, in, In life, there are contingencies. And what my point is is this, is that everybody wants purpose, but oftentimes we try to negate process, but there is a contingency to purpose, and it is process, that God takes you through process to empower you, to fuel you, to prepare you for the purpose, and this is what we begin to see here this morning, is we begin to see Joshua going through his contingency plan with God, that God is saying all of the things that he wants to do, but understand that that him having all of that is contingent on his willingness to have the faith to step into the whatever God is asking him to step into, right? So what, what I'm saying is that this morning that there is a promised land for every one of you. You, you met, some of you have a skewed view of your promised land. You think it's, it's, it's all about money or materialistic things and, and other things. However, that's not what purpose is about, that God is wanting to do some things in the process to get you into your purpose so that you can do all that God has called you to do. Right now, that there is an assignment on your life right now. As we sit in these chairs this morning, there is an assignment on your life. There is purpose on the inside of you, and the only way that that purpose becomes activated is through process. Right, many of you guys, have, if you know anything about baking, there's this thing called yeast, right? If you want bread to rise, it requires an ingredient called yeast for it to be able to rise, right? In other words, I feel like that's what many of you have. You have this flour and you're ready, but you need this yeast in you to be able to produce what God is calling out of your life. And it allows it to become what it's supposed to become. And 
I, I, I want to read something here. It says that, see, death of Moses, the death of Moses and the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead. I want you to look at somebody and say, the time has come. See, I think that we can, we can hold on to what was once leading us and what we once had security in and what we once didn't have to worry about, that now Moses is gone. The thing that you used to put all your support and security and all your energy into is gone. And now it's between you and God. Your purpose is about you and God. And it's so easy to say, well, 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 wait a minute, God. I mean, Moses has been leading me all my life. I don't really know how to lead me without Moses. And, and the point is, is that so many of us are hanging on to something that's dead. And we're, we're blaming our purpose of not being fulfilled based on something that's no longer there. And God is asking, when will you step into the promise that I have for you? Because that thing is gone. It's time to step into the thing that I have for you now. Come on, look at somebody say now. There is something that God has for you now. And he goes on and he says this, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Come on, how many of you know that God, in him willing to give you a purpose, he promises on his end that he will help you fulfill it. That God doesn't just say, well, I gave you a purpose whenever before you were formed in your mother's womb. Good luck with it. I hope you, I hope you manage to discover it and live it out. No, that's not how God works. God says, I formed you in your mother's womb, and because I know who you really are, I promise to help walk along, making sure that you fulfill the purpose that God has for your life. Come on, you sh that should get you excited because you know that you're not in your purpose alone. That God is saying, I promise you I will walk this thing with you. I will make sure that whenever things come up against you, that I will be there to be your provision. I will be there to be your source. See, I think what happens is a lot of times purpose, it's easy to, to allow all these different things to try to, to try to pull us, right? I mean, if you've seen, I mean, with, before I married Alicia, there was a bunch of different copycats that appeared to be the one I should marry, right? How many of y'all you married people said, that's the one. You said it 10 times. You finally, right? Because there's always that one that you think, oh, that's it, that's it, that's it. Because the enemy has an art of bringing in copycats. He has an art of bringing in what is not your purpose and trying to sidetrack you from what God really has for you. And I say that to, to, to bring my first point, that purpose should determine your direction. You should not allow anything else to determine your direction. So many times we allow other things to determine our direction. Well, that's a good job. That'll get me to this place. Oh, that's a good location. We could really, that's a great house. We could, we, that, they're really, really nice people. And we jump into things because it's convenient, because it's comfortable. And how many of us are missing out on what God is really, really wanting to do through our lives for the sake of convenience or comfort? Instead of the fact that my purpose, I know it, and so I will be led by it. How many of you know that there are a lot of people funding their college degrees right now that are no longer using them? Because that's what happens when you don't know your purpose. You're like, oh, I'm going to be this. Go to a college campus right now. Ask them as a freshman what they're going to be. Come back as their senior and ask them what they're doing now. They're going to be different. Because that's the power of when you don't know your purpose, you will do whatever you can, and you will fund yourself, and you will find yourself full of debt. Not just physically, but spiritually. Full of debt trying to figure out what God has got for you. 
But see, when you understand and you, when you begin to feel the tug of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you saying, hey, I need you to take a right, you take a right because it aligns with your purpose. See, if you don't know your purpose, then how do you know which direction to go? See, if you don't know that God is calling you in across the Jordan, then you're like, I'm going to go north to the whatever it was. I'm going to go south. I'm going to go east. But God is calling you to, the, to, the, to cross the Jordan, and until you're willing to cross that Jordan, you're never going to step into the purpose for your life. But you have to know that the purpose of God is what must drive the steps that you take and guide the direction that you're moving. This is why it's so important as married couples to know before you get married, where are we going with our relationship? Where are we going as a couple? Where are we? I'm doing marital concert conference right now. But this is what happens. Everybody gets married. Then they fall in love with God. And then this person has this thing. This person has this thing. Guess what? You just got to work it out. But my point is, is if you know your purpose, mine and Alicia, we didn't have to argue about what we were going to do when we got married. We were going to go and we were going to do everything we could to reach people and love them and allow the purpose of God to ignite them and fuel them. That was what our purpose was. That is what our purpose is. And I didn't have to argue and she didn't have to argue with me trying to talk me into things. And this morning, I want you to understand that there is something significant on the inside of you, but it takes the purpose of God to help fuel the direction that God is calling you into. You need God's direction. See, what's accomplished through your purpose will be based on the direction you take. How many of you know that what what Joshua was going to be able to accomplish was contingent on the direction that he went? Right? He could go back and conquer what he's already been conquering, or he could conquer some new territory because of the willingness to take the direction that he has never gone before. Right? See, process is so important because what it does on the inside of us, for 40 years, what was happening to Joshua? He was learning to see how Moses trusted God. He was willing to see how Moses was able to have provision on a consistent basis through God. And in that, he realized, I know the nature of God because I've seen what God did for Moses and I know what he'll do for me. But see, if you negate, if you negate the process, you will fail miserably at purpose. You have to understand that you cannot get around process. But let me just say something. You cannot stay in process. You've got to get to the place where, understand, process first, getting into it is really difficult. It's like, oh, man, that's tough. I don't know what I'm going to do. But then process becomes comfortable because you become used to the process. Right? But then there's this season where you have to step out into an unknown thing again called purpose. And it requires you leaving what is comfortable, leaving what is predictable, Stepping out into something that's not. And all of us want to fulfill our purpose. But oftentimes we don't want to step out into what's unknown. Because for Joshua, him, he'd been told for 40 years they're going to inherit the promised land, inherit the promised land, inherit the promised land. And for you, maybe you've been told, you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going to fulfill my purpose, I'm going to fulfill my purpose. There is a moment when everything shifted. Joshua. There is a moment where everything changed for him. But he had to be willing to take the first step. See, I believe that 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 process, what it does, is processes like these stairs. It didn't take me much to get there. See, there's about eight inches of process for me to get to. I mean, if I have eight inches of faith, I can get to the next step. And boom, that wasn't too bad. See, what process does is it allows me to go, okay, I can do that. 
that wasn't too bad. And it sets you up to be able to go from this to this to being able to say, okay, Brian, it's time. So now you, boom, an elevation happens immediately. But had you not gone through process, you wouldn't have been able to go to this place. And process, what it does is it slowly builds your faith to be able to believe God for where God is calling you into. Because where God is calling you into tomorrow is bigger than where you're at today. Always know that, that wherever God is calling you tomorrow, it's always bigger than today. God does not decrease. He does not back away. He is always increasing. Whether it's more people you're called to reach, more more influence that you're called to lead with. Whatever it may be, God is calling you into another level of purpose. But see, process, what it does is it gives courage for purpose to be pursued. Some of you all need courage this morning. You need the courage to do what God's calling you to do. To take the job that pays less. To take the responsibility to watch three kids and stay at home. Whatever it may be. To take that job to, to go to that school instead of the school that everybody else tells you you should. See, this is why I believe it's so important to know the voice of God for yourself. Because everybody else will try to shortline you. They'll try to say, oh, no, that's, too, that's not how God works. And they will always do a little bit less because they want to be friends to you, right? They want to be nice to you. But can I tell you that some of your friends are hurting you? Because they're requiring less of you than God is. And you are only obedient to fulfill what God is calling you to. He could have easily heard the voices around him saying, Joshua, that's... Do you know who's over there? Do you know the enemies over on the other side of the Jordan? They, they are big. They are powerful. They are strong. And you can so easily negate what God is calling you into because of what's on the other side. But can I tell you, you are safer on the other side with your enemies than you are on this side with your friends. Some of y'all didn't hear me this morning. You are safer on the other side of the Jordan with your enemies than you are on this side with your friends. That is the power of purpose, that God provides where he is calling you into, not where you think you should be. God provides for you where you're called to be. See, crossing over from process into purpose will be the most courageous step you take. The most difficult, the most courageous step you take is stepping into that water on the Jordan River. I mean, God, I don't even know, I can't even see my feet. I don't even know what you're doing. And as you trudge into the water, see, let's be honest, when you get into water, you become more susceptible to whatever's in the water, right? I mean, that's why people don't swim in the ocean, because they know if I get up waist deep, they're like, I'm going ankle deep. I can get out of there if there's a shark, right? But you get waist deep, your knees can't get through the water very quick, Right? So my point is, is this, as you get in to this water and the risk becomes more about what if I can't get out of this? And God is saying, but what if you get in this and what if you get on the other side and I have something waiting for you? You have to take the risk of what's in the water to get to the other side of what God has for you. See, purpose will have you leading people even in your insecurities. Let's be honest, most of us in here this morning, we have some insecurities. Okay, let's be honest, every one of you have insecurities. My question for you, though, this morning is, is your insecurity keeping you from your purpose? Because it could have been easily, I mean, if I'm Joshua, Moses, the man, has been leading this group 
since they left Egypt. And if there's anything that's going to make a person insecure is to have to lead after somebody else led. And what I want to challenge you with is this. Is that your purpose, so many times we, we, we think of purpose as, oh, a preacher or an evangelist or a, a person who studies the Bible every day and, and, or evangelism and they're out winning people to the Lord. And can I tell you that, that that is not what purpose is. Purpose is you doing everything you are called to do to reach the people in your world so that they can encounter Christ. We, we try to blow up purpose and make it so much bigger. My shirt says, built for purpose. I got the shirt just for that reason. And I strategically wore it today because I believe you're built for purpose. I believe that you're built for purpose even though your insecurities may be telling you something different. I believe that even in Moses is dying and Joshua stepping up to the plate and God speaking to Joshua, Joshua still had insecurities. Joshua was still wondering, like, God, I mean, this is a big task. You want me to tell these millions of people to follow me and believe me and trust me, know that I'm taking them into safety. Yep. And you could say the same thing. God, you're telling me that you're calling me to go into this workplace and love these people and risk my reputation and risk them even embracing me or whatever to share the, the Christ in me to them. Yeah. That is what purpose is. Purpose is about you being able to glorify Christ through your life. And so many of you are like, I mean, well, I thought I had to go to theological school. I had to. I had to do all, did you know I don't have a college degree? I don't have a theological degree. Everybody, people always ask me, where did you go to college? I say HGU, Holy Ghost University. It's the best school known. And so many times, because I want you to know that that's all you need is the Holy Spirit on the inside of you to help you fulfill the purpose that God has for you. That that's all you need. See, what you allow to guide you will be, be the very thing that you base your pursuit on. What you allow, like, what, what are you allowing to guide you this morning? Is fear guiding you? Or is purpose guiding you? Is discouragement guiding you? Because I believe we could have a full list of all the things that we can excuse ourselves. Joshua could have went through a list and said, well, when we made it here, they complained about this. When they made it here, that we didn't have water. When we made it here, you could go through a list of things of what they didn't have, but what they did have was one thing, and that was God guiding them. And you can go through your whole life saying all the things you don't have. I don't have the college education. I, I stutter. I, I have this issue. I have this issue. I'm not as personable. I don't. You can go through all the lists you want. Guess what? God doesn't care about your list. God doesn't care what you can give him. All he wants you to know is I'm with you and I'm for you. It's interesting that God gives this assignment to Joshua. And then in the middle of this, God begins to affirm him. And he's done nothing. He's done nothing yet for God, but yet God is affirming him and saying, I got you, boy. He says this in verse 3, I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, 
you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south, it goes through all of them, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. What my point is is this, is that it doesn't matter what may be standing up against you. It doesn't matter what may be coming up against you, whether it's the, the issue internally, the emotion that's around you, the unforgiveness that's in you, the anger, the frustration, the disappointment. It doesn't matter what you're facing, what God is for you. See, progress, I think that we have a very skewed view of purpose and fulfilling it, that we just think, well, because I've, I've moved and I'm stepping into coming to church on a consistent basis, or I'm, not that those are wrong, but a lot of times we think of, of motion as progress. And I want you to know this morning that motion is not progress, that you can be moving backwards at the same rate you could be moving forward and call it motion. What you have to understand is that progress is the result of the steps taken with purpose. God told Moses or Joshua to take every step. And this is what he said. He said, he said the step that you take, let me read it in verse 3. He says, I promise you what I promised Moses, wherever you set your foot. So in other words, that his territory was not taken in the action, but in the step. When it hit the ground, that became his purpose. That became his purpose. Understand, he could be still doing the same thing going this way. But God was calling Joshua to move forward and to begin to take territory. How many of you know that we have a real enemy? That there is a real enemy there and his goal is to strip you from fulfilling your purpose. That he doesn't want you to take territory because it's his. So you have to understand that Joshua is being told, cross the Jordan. He's stepping into into enemy territory. And the enemy doesn't just sit back and be like, oh, those are pretty steps that you're taking. Because he understands you're after his territory. And I think so many times we think, oh man, once we get into purpose, everything's going to be smooth. Oftentimes it's smooth in process much more than it is in purpose. Because once you start taking purpose, you start taking territory from the enemy. So you have to be really, you have to be really careful with just making motions. This is my point. I, wanna, I want you to understand is that progress is the result of the steps taken. They're taken with purpose. Everything that you take, when it comes to you and God, it has to be taken with purpose. See, purpose requires you to step into territory that's not yours. You're going to have to take, you're going to have to go into a workplace, in an environment, into a school, into a college, into, into a family that, that may be any enemy territory. Some of y'all say, I know some of those relatives, right? You just got to keep stepping. See, his presence provides the provision for your purpose. You think that you've got to step and provide. All you've got to do is he says, once you take the step, it's yours. That God is backing you up in your purpose. That he is helping you fight the fight. He's helping you accomplish the assignment on your life. See, what is fueling your movement right now? Right now, the actions that you're making, the steps that you're pursuing, the life that you're living, what is right now, what is driving it? How much 
of Jesus Christ is in the steps that you're taking. Because like I said earlier, movement doesn't mean it's purposeful. So many times, let's be honest, that with purpose comes our own flesh. And I have my own desires in life. I have my own ambitions. I have my own things that I like to do. I have my own hobbies. I have my own things that I, I like. And those things can get in the way because of the humanity of, of who Brian is on the inside. And oftentimes that can be what moves me. And I allow it to be the very thing that guides me instead of the voice of God. And so I say that because what, what, what is driving your movement right now? Is it that you are so desiring to be successful or you just want to be obedient to God? It is quiet in this church this morning. Right? Because it's really easy to allow all these other things to, to be the thing that fuels us. And God, what his whole point with, with Joshua was, is he said, look, I'm your provision. And when you take steps, let them be because I've led you there. Let them be because I've fueled your purpose. See, purpose has to be, it has to be pursued. You don't wind up in your purpose on accident. It has to be something that I so desire to fulfill my purpose that this is the reason that I am in pursuit of it. I'm not saying that because of God's grace that you don't accidentally fall into it occasionally. But I believe that purpose is more intentional than it is accidental. I believe it's more about obedience. I believe it's more about us following what God is asking us to do. I pray, honestly, that you are here because God led you here. That you were in this church and you were sitting in these chairs because God led you to this church to empower you to fuel your purpose so that you would live intentionally for whatever he asks you to do. I just, I just show up and just God leads me. I just, how do you read your Bible? Oh, I just, Zephaniah, all right, let's read Zephaniah today. This is how we live our purpose a lot of times. All right, God, what do you have for me today? Galatians. Oh, that was a bad one. I need to flip another page. Matthew. And this is how we live, page by page, flipping. God, where are you taking me today? I mean, purpose has to be purposeful. <laughs> right? It has to be intentional. God, where are you taking me? What are you doing? God told Joshua, hey, just go wherever you wander. No, he didn't. He said, go here. This is where I want you, I want you to go here. Because I have something for you. I have something behind where I'm asking you to go. Do you understand that God has something behind where he's taking you? God has something behind whatever he's doing with your purpose. He has something else tied to it. Honestly, that is the most scariest thing for me about purpose. Is that there are way more things tied to it than Brian. That honestly, most things when it comes down to purpose has nothing to do with me is what I found out. Everything that God did in the process about me had nothing to do with me. And God is taking you through the process and you're like, God, I didn't know I had an attitude. And my wife is telling me three times a day that I got a tone. Why? That's mine anyway. I'm working on it. I admit I have a tone. 
But this is the deal. Like, understand that process is for purpose. And God is doing something that Joshua did not know what was going on that 40 years. But thank God that he learned what he learned in the process so that when God called him out, he said, yes, sir. Let's go across the Jordan. I mean, you don't see him. He said, let me fast and pray and let me intercede for two weeks and let me think about it and then I'll ask my pastor and then I'll do this and then I'll go to a counselor because my pastor didn't tell me what I thought I wanted to hear, so I'll do this and we'll do that. No, he said, go across the Jordan and Joshua said, let's cross the Jordan. Because what happens in process is God builds a faith in you to believe him for where God is taking you. That God is wanting to move you into a place of purpose, but you have to embrace the process so when it's time, you can cross. It doesn't mean that you step out nervous. It doesn't mean that you don't step in a little bit of fear or a little bit of insecurity or a little bit of what's going on, God. Like, I didn't know I was going to have to do this. I mean, I go back to when God called me in a ministry. I mean, I was scared to talk in front of people. And God, why, why would you call me into this? Like, why would you do that? Because he needed me. And you may be asking God the same thing. God, why are you doing this to me? Because he needs you. And the people that are tied to your purpose are more important than you dealing with the fear that you have. Look, if you want to fulfill your purpose, you're going to have to let go of what everybody else thinks about you. Yeah, you may have to lose a few friends. You may have to do a few things to adjust your life, to fulfill your purpose. But what's more important? You have to understand that purpose is the result of intentional actions. Purpose is the result of intentional actions. I'm intentional on how I love that person. I'm intentional on how I speak to that person. I'm intentional on how I do this. Everything, when it comes to purpose, is strategic. He says, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I think we think, oh, that means no, no conflict, no issues. He didn't say that. He didn't say, oh, you won't have any enemies. He just said no one will be able to stand against you, which implies people will be standing against you. Right? We just think purpose, fluffy clouds, beaches, sunny days. I'm living my purpose right now, and it's raining. Because purpose is not contingent on how you feel. I believe that if we really get into the brain and the emotions of Joshua and what's going on internally, he's scared to death. I know we look at the Bible and we look at hindsight and we say, oh man, he walked through that thing. I believe he was terrified. Because I know how I felt and I know how I feel when I step out in my purpose. If you want me to be vulnerable, I've been preaching for a long time, but every time I sit there right before I take the stage, I'm nervous. Because there's this, there's this tendency that the enemy says, you really, you really got it today? And you know what? I have to stand up against that enemy and say, well, God gave me a word. 
And i got to trust that what he said is for somebody in here. And you've got to understand, I'm telling you that because this morning you've got to understand it doesn't matter how long you live in your purpose. It doesn't get easier. That the enemy still comes and he still puts pressure and he's still resisting and he still tells you you're not going to accomplish it. You're not going to take the territory. The enemy's going to take you out. And you have to get to the place where you trust what God said over how your emotions are on the inside. Because I feel like sometimes I have a five-year-old child in my head screaming, run! But then I hear this whisper, God says, I got you. I will never leave you or abandon you. In fact, that's what he says. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses, and I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Do you think Joshua needed encouragement? It's interesting that he goes through six different affirmations to Joshua. Because Joshua is just like you and me. And he's terrified to live out his purpose. Joshua is just like you and me and we doubt ourselves. And we question whether God is going to come through. And God, in, his, in Joshua's emotions, God begins to speak and he says... I will not fail you. I will not abandon you. Be strong and courageous. You will lead these people. You will possess what I told you you will possess. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying the same thing to you today, that I will not abandon you. I will not forget you. I will not fail you. You are strong. You are courageous. All you've got to do is take that one step and then take the next step and then take the next. I'm losing my voice, Lord Jesus. The rain caused it the last serve. I told you. But this is the point. That process allows purpose to lead you beyond your fears. That process that you've been going through, what you didn't know, that it was building a faith on the inside of you, that even in the midst of the fears that are going on in the inside of you, you said, I'm not submitting to that fear. I will accomplish what you've asked me to do, God. God, I will step back into ministry. God, I will do whatever it is at that, at that workplace. God, I will ask that person to forgive me for how I communicated. I will do whatever I've called to do. You know that some of y'all's purpose is just simply to forgive somebody right now. To let it go. And then the next step will be there. It's one step at a time. And as you take that one step, God gives you the faith for that next step. And that next step, faith is being boom. Because while you were going through process, you didn't know that God was building a level of faith in you to get you through the Jordan. He gave you just enough faith to get you through the Jordan. And when you get to the other side, process. So that when you get to that giant that you've got to take down, maybe your, your giant could be pornography. It could be alcohol. It could be anger. It could be unforgiveness. Whatever that giant is, God will give you enough faith for in that process to fight it. But you've got to take that first step. 
Don't go through the process in vain. Don't go through the process just to say, oh man, God's really been, really been dealing with my heart. There's no purpose to take you through the process without purpose. He says this, be strong and courageous for you are the one who will lead, say these people, say it, these people. That's why you have purpose, these people. Because there are people who are tied to you that need you to fulfill your purpose. I think about the guy who I don't even know today who it was Christian Boy Scouts who took me on a camping trip and pitched this tent with a tarp. And I remember looking up into the sky, thinking about our creator. And I began to ask questions. And I don't even know the guy. But he led me to Jesus. But I thank God that man was ambitious about his purpose. I bet he didn't think anything about a little 12-year-old boy having a conversation with him. But you know what? Thank God that he fulfilled his purpose. And you may think you just go into this job just showing up, just doing what you do, taking care of those kids, Just going to the school, just going through college, just trying to make it. But I want you to know that there's something bigger than what you're going through. But it's about people that needed to get to the other side of the Jordan. And if Joshua didn't go, they didn't get to go. That all these people's purpose was contingent on one man. Believing God. Look, we're all going to have to face giants to fulfill our purpose. It is what it is. But God has something so much more significant than you may even imagine with your purpose. If you would stand with me this morning as we close. See, I believe that as much as God knew Joshua's potential, he knew all those other people's potential. And God needed a man who had enough faith to get through the Jordan so that these other people could experience the potential that they had in them. What an honor and a privilege that God allowed you to be built for purpose. As I opened up this morning and I said this is the title, Action is required. I want to close with that same statement. 
action is required. That every step you take must be intentional and must be on purpose. Father, you know every heart, every fear, each individual purpose. God, you know what they're having to cross over into. And God, I pray that this morning you would give them an ear to hear your voice they would hear you say, I will not fail you. I will not abandon you. Be strong and courageous. Take the step. And as you take the step, I will be your provision. This morning, if that's you and you sense that there's been this struggle with taking the the steps required, whatever it may be. If that's you, if you would just slip your hand and you say, I really, that, that's me. I'm struggling with the steps that I've got to take. I know that they're big steps. I know that they're challenging steps. But God, I want to believe you. God, I want to believe you and be like Joshua and be able to step into whatever it is, God, that you have for me. Come on, if that's you, just keep your hand raised. I just want to pray a prayer over you this morning. It's all right, awesome hands everywhere. Because I believe this is your heartbeat. Every one of you with your raised hand, I believe that this is your heartbeat. This is what God is doing, is stirring your heart. So, Father, I thank you right now, God, that there are Joshua's sitting in this sanctuary desiring to cross, step into the unknown. God, I pray that right now you'd give them a faith to believe you, to take that first step. Lord, give them clarity wherever you're calling them, whatever you're doing. God, give them a way to use the gift and the purpose on the inside of them to help bring people into your presence, God. Let their lives be a vessel for others. Give them the strength, God, to do calling them to do. We love you. We thank you, Jesus. That from the beginning, God, you formed your purpose in us. We love you. God, we surrender our lives to you this morning. We ask you, God, use us. Come on, if that's you, just say, use me. Use me, God. It's a dangerous statement. But that's what you were built for. This morning, if you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, you say, today, I want to make Christ my Lord. I want to ask Jesus into my heart. I want to ask him to reveal the purpose that he has for me. That's you.
Maybe you recommitting your life. You prayed the prayer, but you really never committed your life to him. It was pressured. You just prayed it to pray it. But this morning you say, I want to recommit my life to him. I want to give him my heart, my soul. If that's you this morning, I want to ask if you would just slip your hand up real quick. and You can set it right back down. Thank you for that hand. I want you just to pray this prayer with me this morning. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner, but I believe Jesus Christ died for those sins, that he rose again to be my Lord and my Savior. I ask you, Jesus, to reveal the destiny and the purpose you have for my life. In Jesus' name, I Come on, can we give them a hand this morning? If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we've got a book for you that we want to give you. We're not about just getting you saved. We're about discipling you and helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord.